Hi guys and welcome back to our Women in Technology speaker series. Today I'm so excited to be interviewing Eileen Burns, a successful and highly experienced senior IT executive. She works at the forefront of technological innovation and in particular the intersection of business and technology. Her current role is Head of Legal Tech at Arthur Cox, but previously she has spanned various leadership roles at Accenture. So she's had such an interesting career and I'm sure has lots to share with us. Well, that will be very beneficial to the rest of us. So firstly, Eileen, yeah, if you don't mind just kind of introducing yourself and giving us a brief background, just an overview to our listeners. Okay, so I'm Eileen. Um, from a professional perspective, I suppose for the last two years, I decided I needed a career change. Um, and I'm now leading the Legal Tech and Innovation Services at Arthur Cox, which is client facing and doing next generation legal services. And I'm also the chief digital officer for the firm. Uh, and before that, I was, I don't like admitting this, but 28 years in Accenture. Originally, I was part of the consulting organization. So I went out on client sites doing mostly large scale business systems implementation for, for, for very large organizations. And then I was a managing director on the global leadership team for the CIO organization. So consulting to the consultants, uh, delivering all of the technology for Accenture itself. And at home, a very important part of my life, I am mom to two boys who are now taller and stronger and bigger than me. And I am married to Chris, uh, very soon to be our 25th wedding anniversary. So major milestone for us. Oh, wow. So that's me. Thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, you've had such an exciting journey, I think, over the past few years. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing more. So obviously, you started off um, doing engineering at UL. Mm -hmm. You also studied electronic engineering, funnily enough. So I'm interested to hear more about that, of course, as that's what I'm studying. But also, a lot of our listeners are obviously undergrads. So we kind of love to hear a bit about your experience at university first. Could you tell us how you found, firstly, being a female in STEM at undergrad level? Or did that... Did your gender affect that in any way? Just how did you find yeah. it? Um, so let me, let me actually say something first, which is if I look back and I reflect, I will be forever grateful for my decision to study engineering and um, for all of those undergraduates and particularly the girls. You know, I'm 30 years into my career and I, I'm not sure why I had the wisdom to do it as a 17 or 18 year old. But it is something that's opened huge amount of opportunities and doors for me, and I will be forever grateful. I kind of grew up at a time when there was probably nothing called career guidance, and we would have been pushed at the time by school and not at home, but in the social environment to, oh, you'll be a nurse or you'll be a teacher or go join the civil service or be a bank official. And it was literally that. Um, and I would have been pushed a little bit at school maybe to wouldn't I think about medicine because it was maybe all anybody understood and I am I would have looked at all of those things and they would have put shivers up my spine because I would have been terrified of of the boredom that would have brought for me um and it's not for but you know nothing none of those as I remember looking at it was in any way compelling or interesting to me um, and so somewhere along the line, I discovered the concept of I could do engineering and I could do actually electronic engineering. And it was going to be something that was going to be different and evolving and changing over the next, you know, during the pace of my working life. And that was what kind of hooked me, the idea that I wouldn't be doing the same thing every day or that I'd be in a problem solving kind of space, that there would be opportunities opening up. And 
fundamentally, I'm so grateful because engineering has been a phenomenal degree on which to base a career. Um, and like a lot of 17 or 18 year olds, I hadn't really a clue what I wanted to do. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful. And then in terms of a girl at engineering, um, someone posted on LinkedIn recently some photographs of our uh, of our year and it was a little bit shocking and horrific looking back at them <laughs> uh, so it was there was five girls and 110 guys graduated something something right. around that um but to be honest i don't think i ever paid heed to it um i i never let it dominate me or think about it i just got on and did my work and i suppose yeah. i do that at work as well you know my work will be what stands for me not whether i'm a you know a guy or a girl it just doesn't matter um but also college is college you have to have some fun although i, I think the time of covid's probably <laughs> blocking a lot of that for you guys at the moment <laughs> but uh you know i look back at college and it was great fun it was a really special time in your life and uh you know i'd do it all again okay that's amazing to hear such positive words i think yeah i think that resonates with me as well you kind of just get on with it and get used to the whole gender thing. People always ask about it, but it's not really something that kind of features. Um, so then at what point in college did you decide what you actually wanted to go into? Did you kind of just find yourself in consulting or did you always know you wanted to go into Accenture? And if you'd have any advice for someone facing that decision now, so obviously a lot of our listeners, I'm sure. You know, oh, I'm not so sure I ever did a lot of career planning, to be really <laughs> honest. Um, <laughs> As the degree progressed, I guess we had to take various strands and I must have been, if I you know, look back at it, I must have been more interested in the computer engineering because that's the strand of electronics that I went into rather than many telecoms or microelectronics, etc. So I think the whole compute space was attractive to me and maybe that was why I did engineering, electronic engineering in the first place. Um, and then it came to kind of final year and you're doing the milk round and there's a really practical piece of where can I get myself a good job? I came out in a recession. Um, mm -hmm. And in many ways, I stumbled upon the options of consulting. Um, I really genuinely stumbled upon it. I think we're much more naive than started and took stuff on. Um, I think I was attracted to consulting for a couple of reasons. One, at the time it offered a career track and that was unheard of. That was like, wow really companies do that um and so i kind of sort of targeted them but i was also very attracted i grew up in a business and that idea of technology business together and applying tech so you found yourself in consulting and then so as a technology consultant did you actually use any of the technical skills that you learned over the years in engineering or did you find yourself doing something completely different can you tell us um, in my early years of my career, I, I suppose I would have started and I, you know, you had done some basic coding, you'd done, some, you, had, you had at least the grasps of it. Mm -hmm. um, so that definitely helped as you started off because you, 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 had, you had base understandings. And I think you come out of a STEM world with really good analytical and problem solving skills. And in the world of consulting, you do an awful lot of that. You do a lot of thinking about things figuring out how to improve things, fix things, make things better, design things. Um, and so that whole training you get in your STEM degree definitely helped. But I'd also be a huge believer in the university of real life. Um, you know, you learn as you go. I, I'm a huge believer in, in learning by osmosis, by the environment you're in. 
And if you're curious and you're interested and you research and you're always looking to learn um, more about whatever is the next technology or the next, because I've seen every wave of systems now at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so you learn an awful lot as you go as well. But engineering definitely gives you really good analytical skills which are very useful in a consulting type world. Okay. Um, and so there, is there any kind of main technical skills that would stand out to you that you acquired over the years or the main technologies, even would you find yourself say doing a lot of coding, any languages, or was it the other side of tech that you're involved in? So at this stage, I've, you know, I've seen every wave of (laughs) technical change. So I'm going to scare people now and say the very first client project I was on, we didn't have PCs. Oh, wow. (laughs) There you go. Right. So I've seen from mainframe to the client server wave to the .NET wave to like the So, and I've seen every methodology. It's always changing. So that ability to be curious and interested and constantly wanting to learn and just not being afraid that you you'll take on the next thing and you'll learn it yeah it's um, it actually what's really important in consulting okay yeah that sounds like an exciting thing to always be involved in change um could you tell us is there something that stands out to you as maybe a role or a project that you would say was your favorite thing you worked on throughout your years or is that too difficult oh gosh. <laughs> um if you ask my kids, they'll tell you I don't do favorites. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very bad at choosing favorites. Um, I, I probably hugely enjoyed most of the things I've ever done. I'm a get on with it, get stuck in kind of person. Um, maybe something in the last five years that I, I rather than say I, that's something I'm very proud. I, I feel very proud about was um, over the couple of years prior to me leaving Accenture, I would have worked on the project that set up the innovation center down in the dock. And that was a great fun project from a technology perspective. You know, it was the most connected building in the world at one point. I don't know if it still is. We got to play with lots of stuff, try new things and play in the world of IOT and sensors and all that kind of, so that was great fun. So the tech part of that was a lot of fun and new and something I hadn't done before. So that was good. But actually what I'm most proud of is also as part of that, you know, et cetera, at the time did huge recruiting. And within my world, CIO, I was able to do an expansion of our CIO team. So my, my, my actual responsibility time were global and I was working with teams all over the world. But I had a big kick on on recruiting and set up three or four t- sub team cells uh, within the dock you know, an analytics group, you know, we hired a big bunch of really good um, data scientists and set up delivering kind of analytics for Accenture, the corporate. We set up a new kind of next gen software engineering hub. We set up a new kind of business analyst deployment crew. And it was really fun to kind of get on a routine drive and set a lot of young ones up on their career in a good environment where they're going to learn loads of things. Um, and and actually feel really proud about that um, and that's nothing technical but but that was a lovely thing to be leaving behind I was I was really pleased to have set to have it in such a good place as I was leaving um, and a lot of good people in a really good trajectory so yeah. so if you, you know that's my favorite actually of the recent that would be one that would stand out as I liked that I liked having that as a little bit and of legacy. Saw it come such a long way I'm sure that was really rewarding to kind of look what we've built that's amazing um so of course you forged a very successful 
career in technology? This might be a tricky question, but as a female, did you ever face any particular challenge? As everyone says, you know, it is a male dominated sector. Do you think that is something that affected you? Or again, was it like in college, you just kind of got on with it and never let it get to you? I would say, to be honest, my approach has always been my work will speak out for itself and I don't waste my time or energy uh, thinking about my female in a dominated world. It's just the way it is. I don't think it's a good use of my energy. Um, and I've had a huge amount of uh, you know, really fantastic male colleagues, male staff, male mentors, sponsors during my career. And, and wonderful female ones as well. But actually, because I've been in a male dominated space, huge numbers of that. Um, and so I rather focus on the positives. Maybe it's who I am. Like any woman forging a career in any discipline, irrespective of whether it's tech sector or not, you do have stages in your life where you're balancing being a parent and a career. And that does bring challenges, no doubt. And I often say to the young women now who I work with, which you know, when you're at a stage of you're having your children or your children are small, people get, I personally remember feeling quite freaked about that and thought, oh, it's the end of the world. I'm going to have to hang up my boots. All those kind of things go through your head. And actually what you need to think about is your working life is a marathon, not a sprint. And the, you know, the small number of years when you are out on mat leaf and things, you know, it's actually a blip in the context of a 30 or 40 year career. So, so having the big picture and maintaining focus on that is, is very important. You know, that's not to say there aren't some challenges. I am, um, you know, I'm going to describe a funny story, but I, there was a stage where I made a pivotal um, decision and I left consulting and went into the internal CIO organization. And I was going to be taking over a team that had four, ma four male managers, management senior managers on it. And uh, I, it kind of was starting to filter out that I had taken the role and I was on the corridor one day and one of the guys, he was a huge, big, tall Afrikaner towering over me and he kind of kind of pinned me into a corner and looked down at me like this. And I was looking up at him and he was looking down at me and went, I hear you're taking the role. I said, yeah, 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 I am. Yeah. So and he said, well, I'm not sure I like you. And I literally went, you know what, Peter, I don't give a fuck. We have a job to do. Can you I and me. But we have a job to do. We better go figure out how we're going to go on and get it done. And I burst out laughing. And, and I was, I remember I was quite young at the time and I was going to be taking on a team probably the first time ever where I had all male employees reporting into me. Um, and about the funny part of all of this is about few, Peter ended up being one of the best people that ever worked for me. And we got on wonderfully. And about two years later, we were working really late one evening. And I says, OK, Peter, have you decided yet? And he looked at me and said, decided what? I said, decided yet? Do you like me yet? <laughs> and we burst out laughing. So, so you do, lit, lit, do see little moments like that, but you can't let that dominate you, you know, or, or decide you or, uh, you know, in, inform the world of who you are. My attitude was, we have a job to do. Let's focus on the work. Let's focus on the deliverables. Let's focus on the outcomes we're responsible for. And I find if you focus on that, actually the rest falls away. You get everybody anchored around what have we got to do lads let's get it done type of attitude and so you know you guys you just gotta go back yourself yeah they're they're really some inspirational and honest words i think that will definitely stick with us um can we just talk a bit about like you've moved into arthur cox now as i said at the start um eileen is the current her current role is head of legal tech and innovation services which sounds really exciting 
as one of the things we're trying to highlight in DataSoc is obviously that data science and technology is actually relevant to so many different disciplines. Um, is there anything, what do you kind of envision for the future of legal tech? Or is that something that you think people are going to be hearing more about? Um, do you want to tell us a bit about what you're kind of doing at the moment? Yeah. So, so the legal industry is kind of interesting because it's probably one of the last places in the business world that um, technology has invaded. They've avoided it somehow, mostly. Um, but there's at the moment, there's huge amounts of activity in there. Uh, there's a, a lot of startup world happening around the world on legal tech. There's very, very significant investments taking place. Um, and so that that investment is going to drive innovation in, in that and drive change and disruption in the world of law. But again, it'll, it'll happen over time. It's not going to be like that and it's all done. I think with the investments, you know, some will work and some acquisition due diligence were happening there's host solutions that are emerging now which really help you you're got, are you back yeah um and you you know you intelligently read the documents now so that that is actually something that we're specifically data science and the changing of data science is making a difference in law and will continue to do because the world of law is very document heavy it's very language heavy very document heavy um, and you can imagine if uh, you're, you, you've got to do diligence across you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of supplier contracts, if there's a large merger, kind to do that manually, which is the way they used to do it, is really difficult. But when you've got the automation happening and you've got, you know, the, the AI assisted way of doing all those reviews now, it is hugely transformative and very different. Another area in law where you're seeing huge amounts of that happen, and it's again NLP again, is in the whole discovery and large scale investigations. So what happens in a discovery in a litigation or a major, major regulatory investigation is there's vast, like millions and millions and millions and vast quantities of documents need to be searched to, and you're looking for a needle in a haystack. And the application of AI and NLP is making a huge difference there as well. So, so you're turning things that would take years and years and years to do maybe a major regulatory investigation can happen now in in reasonable time frame as opposed to decades type of stuff so so you're going to see loads more of those kinds of things but some of it won't all be data science driven i think in law uh, some of it will be more actually about process automation um bringing tools that help the particular type of transaction that's specific to that that particular business of law and just getting rid of what is a lot of administration and drudge activity that has to happen um, uh, and getting the lawyers to adopt that and change the way they work because they work with reams and reams of paper. They still love to print out huge amounts of it, et cetera. So changing their behaviors is actually one of the biggest challenges, yeah. much more than the tech. The tech's the easy bit. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Wow, it's so, I'd say it's so rewarding to be in such a, an exciting industry. As you said, it's completely transformative. Um, I think we might leave it up there, leave it there now for today. But we've heard such great insights. Um, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you and gaining such valuable advice also. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat to us. Um, it was really worthwhile and I'm sure everyone has learned something they can take with them. Advice as well, particularly as a female. I think you really spoke honestly. So thank you so much for that and best of luck with all your future endeavors we'll leave it there thank you guys for tuning in and we'll be back in two weeks thanks molly bye, bye.